the series on the Word of Christ, and in today's uh, discussion, we want to have a look at um, the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ suffered in hell for the sin of mankind, and then we also want to have a look at our Lord Jesus Christ us being born again after he had incurred uh, the suffering of the world in the lowest parts of the earth. Um, before we get into the teaching for today, I just want to um, a point I didn't really emphasize at, in the last teaching, and that is that when our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, that his blood had been um, contaminated is not the right word, but his blood had absorbed the sin of the world. And so the sin of the world was lying in the blood of Christ when he left his body when he died on the cross. So we just need to bear that in mind because don't forget this whole series is, is looking at um, the blood of Christ and how that uh, impacts on the salvation of mankind. So we need to understand that concept. But um, now we're going to have a look at um, these other two topics we want to discuss today. Um, a lot of um, that which we discuss in this series, a lot of it is proclaimed as heresy in a lot of um, the evangelical circles in the church, which is sad because it is scriptural. And But uh, there's a lot of um, opposition to certain concepts. The one is the opposition to the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ died in spirit. A lot of evangelicals will deny that particular truth and, and treat it as heresy. And this is the other truth that a lot of evangelicals will deny, which is that our Lord Jesus Christ actually went down into hell to suffer the sin of mankind. Um, and they would describe that as being heresy as well, which we will obviously see from Scripture that is not the case. It is certainly what the Bible teaches. So who is the one that actually propagates these theories that these doctrines are in fact heretical. Well, it's obviously Satan. Satan is the one who is determined to try and uh, hide the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ in fact did uh, destroy him in the, the lower parts of the earth. We'll have a look at that as we get into today's teaching. And so he's the one that uh, brings into bondage certain um, Bible teachers so that they will proclaim uh, a false doctrine that he has um, influenced their thinking to proclaim within the church. It's very sad, but it does happen. All right, so when our Lord Jesus Christ breathed his last breath on the cross, one of the things that he, the thing that he did just before he, he breathed, breathed his last breath is that he gave up his spirit to the will of God the Father. For he said in Luke 23, 46, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, or I commit my spirit. So what was the will of the Father for our Lord Jesus Christ after he died? Well, it was his will that his son should go into the lower parts of the earth, be taken down into the lower parts of the earth, um, and to be taken down there for three days and three nights. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was on the earth, confirmed that particular truth to us. And as I say, there's a lot of uh, false Bible teachers out there that would say, you know, Jesus went straight to heaven uh, in, over that three days and three nights. And at the end of that, he came back to the earth and then his body was raised from the dead. 
they deny that Jesus went down into the lower parts of the earth. However, our Lord Jesus Christ had this to say about that subject. Matthew chapter 12 verse 40. This is our Lord Jesus speaking. And he says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights where in the heart of the earth. And so that's exactly where our Lord Jesus Christ went after he died on the cross. He went down into the lower parts of the earth. Jesus called it the heart of the earth for three days and for three nights. Now the heart of the earth uh, that our Lord Jesus Christ was referring to in this passage is the same uh, place called Hades and, and hell. It's a different uh, um, name given to the same location called the bottomless pit, called Sheol, called uh, Hades, called hell, the, the, um, the heart of the earth, the lower parts of the earth. All of these various terms all refer to the same location. And it is only those who are spiritually dead when they die who are taken down into that location. No one else goes down there. Even those who are uh, spiritually uh, dead under the old covenant who had the, the promissory note, so to speak, on, on the new birth, because they couldn't be born again under the old covenant. Jesus hadn't yet been uh, paid the price for their sin, hadn't yet been, hadn't died, suffered, and been raised from the dead. So they had to wait for Jesus to be raised from the dead before they could be born again. After Jesus had done all of that, um, he then went into um, paradise, because if you recall our Lord when he was on the earth in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 16, I think it is, he described the, the two locations under the earth. Um, the one he described as Abraham's bosom and the other one he described as Hades, obviously. And the, the, the sinner went into Hades into, into torment, but all of the saints went into Abraham's bosom or paradise. There were two separate locations. There was this gulf, great gulf fixed between the two locations and no one could cross over from one place to the other. And so all of the believers went there. Now the reason they went there is because they couldn't be born again under the old covenant. After Jesus was raised from the dead, he went into that location. He preached the gospel to them. They were all born again at that time. And the Bible te teaches us Jesus then ascended into heaven and he led captivity captive. So he took them back up into heaven with him. All saints that die under the new covenant, they don't go to that location any longer to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord in heaven. And so all New Testament saints, when they die, they go straight to heaven. Why? Because they're born again in this life. Old Testament saints couldn't be born again in this life. That's why they had to wait for Jesus to be raised from the dead before they could go into heaven. Um, but nevertheless, all unbelievers under the Old Covenant, or in the Old Testament times, and even prior to the Old Covenant, from Adam all the way through, um, and unbelievers from our Lord Jesus Christ day to the end of the age. When they die, they go into hell. That is the, their location that they get allocated. They go down there and they are held over, our Lord said, in torment, waiting for the day of judgment. So that's where all spiritually dead people go when they physically die, when their bodies expire. 
Now, sadly, as we've already dis discussed, when our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, he was already spiritually dead and he was separated from the life of God. And so because Jesus was spiritually dead when he died on the cross, he incurred the same penalty that all unbelievers incur in that he was taken down into hell just as they are. Um, and so now we see what actually transpired when our Lord said that the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. This is what transpired. Um, we pick it up in Psalm 88, verse 6 and 7. Um, this is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking prophetically through his prophet David. He says, You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you have afflicted me with all your ways. So why did God the Father deem it necessary to commit his son to the lowest depths of hell? Well, our Lord answers that question for us in this passage of Scripture. It was so that our Lord Jesus Christ could be taken down there for the express purpose of suffering the wrath of God. Now, why did Jesus have to suffer the wrath of God? Well, don't forget, Jesus had been made to be sin with the sin of the world. God the Father had placed upon his Son the sin of the whole world. And don't forget, God's righteous judgment had to be met, and those sins had to be paid for. And now that is what was transpiring in the lowest uh, heart of the earth, in the lowest pit of hell, in that Jesus was now incurring the wrath of God for the sins of the world. He is the one that had to pay the price for those sins. Um, and he had to pay the price for them as if he is the one that actually had committed each one of those sins. And so every sin committed by all of mankind from the time of Adam until the close of the age were placed upon our Lord Jesus Christ when he uh, was made to be sin with, our, with the sin of the world. And he then had to pay the price for every one of those sins. Or each and every one of the sins had to be accounted for. And so that is why Jesus Christ went down into the lowest part of the earth. And so the suffering that our Lord Jesus Christ experienced on the cross, as grievous as it was, because if you have a look at the account of the suffering that our Lord went through when he went to the cross and the scourging that he underwent, the nails going through his hands and feet, um, the immense emotional stress that he was placed under, everything. That was only a part of the suffering that our Lord Jesus Christ incurred for the sin of mankind. The fullness of the suffering that he incurred took place after he died on the cross and he was then taken down into the lowest part of the earth to suffer the wrath of God for the sins of mankind. And so we see that Jesus Christ suffered the righteous judgment of God for the sins of the world. Nevertheless, finally, at the end of three days and three nights in which Jesus incurred the wrath of God in the heart of the earth, every sin had then been accounted for. And God could raise his son from the dead because the debt of, debt of mankind had been paid. If once every sin had been accounted for, well now God could now deal with his son in the appropriate manner. And we pick up uh, part of that truth in this passage of scripture. 
Romans chapter 4, verse 24 and verse 25. The scripture says, But also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses. There, Jesus now is being delivered up because of the sin of the world. And was raised, why? Because of our justification. In other words, every single sin had now been paid for. The, the whole world had been justified in the eyes of God because there, every sin committed had met the, had been uh, dealt the required degree of punishment in the heart of the earth for that sin. And so once every sin had been accounted for, had the, the, the penalty had been paid for every single sin, uh, mankind was now justified. And God said, okay, that's it. Justice has been met. It was at that point that Jesus could then be raised from the, from the dead because our, our justice for the sins of the world had been met. And so it was at that point that Jesus was made alive once again. Where? In the heart of the earth. Because don't forget, Jesus all this time, the, over these three days and three nights, is in the heart of the earth and he's suffering the wrath of God for the sin of mankind. At the end of the three days and three nights, Every sin's been accounted for. It's at that point that God then makes his son alive once, alive once again. Death no longer had any legal right over the Lord Jesus Christ. Because death only had legal right over Jesus. Because don't forget, Jesus had died spiritually because of the sin of the world that Jesus was carrying. Once every sin had been met and paid for, death no longer had any legal right over our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our Lord spoke around this, uh, that truth in this passage of Scripture. Um, it, it, we pick it up in Acts chapter 2, verse 26 and 27. This is our Lord speaking. He says, Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Why? For you will not leave my soul where? In Hades nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. So again, there's our Lord confirming the fact that when he said he was going to be taken down uh, into the lower parts of the earth for three days and three nights, heart of the earth, he called it, he talks about that place being Hades, for he says to God the Father, you will not leave my soul where? In Hades. Obviously, Jesus' soul was in Hades, because that's where he was suffering the wrath of God for the sin of mankind. And so, um, God the Father, once Jesus had paid the price for the sin of the world, God would no longer allow his son to remain in Hades. In other words, God would not allow his son to remain there any longer than it was absolutely necessary. And so it was absolutely necessary for Jesus to be there until the last sin had been paid for. But once that happened, God would now make his son alive once again. And so it was at that point that God delivered his son from Hades and from death. Um, and so Jesus had gone into the heart of the earth, into Hades, to pay for the sin of the world. But he hadn't committed any sin himself. Don't forget that we've already discussed that Jesus lived an absolute sinless life when he walked the earth. And so he didn't go down into Hades to pay for the, any of his sin. 
He went down into Hades to pay for the sin of mankind. Once all of those sins had been accounted for, now God the Father could deal with Jesus according to his own righteousness. Because don't forget, he lived a sinless life. So in effect, Jesus was taken down into Hades illegally because only those who, are, who commit sin should go into Hades because they, are, they become spiritually dead. Don't forget the penalty of sin is death, spiritual death, and they get taken down into Hades because rightly and justly so, that's where they belong. But Jesus never committed any sin. And so when he died spiritually, he died on behalf of the world. And so when he had committed, uh, paid the price for every sin, well, now God could now deal with his son according to his righteousness. And this is what transpired then. Our Lord Jesus Christ reveals that to us in this passage of Scripture, Psalm 18, verse 16 to 24. This is again our Lord Jesus Christ speaking prophetically through his prophet David. And he says, he sent from above, talking about Jesus talking about God the Father, he took me, talking about Jesus, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. And so the above passage of scripture re reveals the exact truth to us, that at the end of those three days and three nights, God the Father could now um, deal with Jesus according to his righteousness. And that's exactly what God the Father did. Up until that time, um, Satan, who had the keys to Hades and to death, um, had held Jesus in Hades because he had authority in, in, over that realm. Um, the, the scripture teaches us that in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 that God had given um, Satan the power of death and Satan had the power of Hades and of death. Thus he held the keys to Hades and, and death. And so because Satan had been deceived into thinking that Jesus had in fact committed sin, and I, we're not going to touch on how Satan was deceived at that in this uh, teaching. I have a series that deals with it. Um, but Satan was deceived, in, and Satan and his angels were deceived into thinking that Jesus had in fact committed sin. That's why the scripture in the, in the book of Corinthians says, that had the rulers of this world known what was going on, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. But they were completely deceived. And so they thought Jesus had committed sin. Thus Jesus died spiritually. And so they were only too keen to take Jesus into the lowest part of the earth, into Hades, to suffer for what they thought was his sin. Now when they took him down there, 
they fully anticipated that Jesus would be there for all eternity because that was the mandate given to Satan by God when God gave him authority over Hades and of death in that Satan is mandated by God to never allow anyone out. Once they are committed in there, they are there for all eternity. And so Satan and his angels were fully convinced that that is exactly what transpired with our Lord Jesus Christ in that he was committed into Hades under their authority for all eternity. That's why our Lord Jesus in that passage of scripture talks about those who are too strong for him. He's referring to Satan and to his angels because it was at, over that short period of time, those three days and three nights, that Jesus became subject to Satan and to his angels. Um, for what purpose? For the suffering of death for the world. We pick that up in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. And so it was at that point that Jesus was made a little lower than the angels the Bible talks about. Why was that? It's because, which angels is it referring to? It's referring to Satan and his angels. Because Jesus became subject to them. Because Satan had authority over Hades and, and of death. At that time, he held those keys. They were committed into his trust. And he's the one that committed our Lord Jesus Christ into the lowest part of the earth. All by the, at the direction of God the Father. Because obviously, all of this was part of the plan of salvation of mankind. Satan didn't know at this time that he was a pawn being used by God and our Lord Jesus Christ in the redemption of mankind. Satan and his angels were fully convinced that they were acting legitimately. They were legitimately taking down uh, the Son of God into the lowest part of the earth to pay for his sin that he committed. Because as I say, they were, they were fully convinced that Jesus had sinned. You'd have to look at the other series I do on the authority of the believer to understand that. Um, and so they were only too keen to take him down there to suffer for what they thought was his sin, but in fact Jesus was suffering for the sin of the world. But at the end of the three days and three nights, when Jesus had paid the price for the sin of the world, now God the Father could deal with his son, as we said, according to his own righteousness. And this is when this particular point came to pass in the lowest part of the earth. Revelation 1, verse 4 and 5. Scripture says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and some from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness. Look at this. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And so we see very clearly once again the scripture referring to Jesus Christ as being what? The firstborn from the dead. We've already dealt with that earlier on in this series. And so it was at that point in the lowest part of the earth when God the Father said, okay, Jesus is now... Uh, he's paid the price for the sin of the world. I can now deal with him according to his righteousness. And God made his son alive once again in the lowest part of the earth. And it's at that point that Jesus became the firstborn from the dead. In other words, Jesus was the first one to be born again. And so what happened um, 
at that point is Jesus now was no longer lower than Satan and his angels. He was no longer under their dominion, under their control. And Jesus now could um, deal with them in his own capacity as being the spotless son of God once again. And so it was at that time that Jesus disarmed Satan and his angels, making a public spectacle of them in front of all of the angels, both the angels of God and Satan and his angels. And he triumphed over them and he, uh, in the victory that he won over them in the lowest pit of hell. Colossians 2.15 talks about that. And so, again, we're not really going to be dealing with that in, in, in any kind of depth in the series because, as I said, I deal with it in the previous, uh, in another series I deal with, with the authority of the believer. But it's at that point where God made his son alive once again that Jesus was then able to overcome Satan and his angels. And it's at that point that Jesus took off of Satan the keys of Hades and of death. And we pick that up, our Lord speaks about that in Revelation 1.18, that he, he now holds the keys of Hades and of death. He didn't hold them before he went into Hades and paid the price for the sin of mankind. After he, God, made the Father, God the Father made his son alive once again, Jesus then destroyed principalities and powers, and he made an open show of them. He then took the keys of Hades and of death off of Satan, and now Jesus holds those keys. Satan no longer holds those keys. And that's a, a very important truth that we need to understand. And so it was at that point that God made his son alive once again, and he could now be raised from the dead. So all of this is taking place that we discussed today in the lowest part of the earth, in the heart of the earth. But it was this coming to pass that Jesus then spoke about in John 1.18, in that when he was on the earth, he said that... Um, he had the power to lay down his life. God, had, God the Father had given him the power to lay down his life and to take it up once again. That's exactly what transpired in the lowest part of the earth. He took up his life once again and Jesus Christ was the first born from the dead, the first one born again, and he destroyed principalities and powers. He destroyed Satan and his angels in that location took off of Satan the keys of Hades and of death, and he holds them forevermore. And we're going to end the teaching on that particular point.